Hello, and welcome to Everything Went Black podcast, episode number 22. I'd like to thank everyone who's been out there supporting the podcast and the blog. It means a lot to me that uh, people take the time out of their day to check these things out. Like most things in my life, it's a labor of love. I really enjoy putting the work in. So it's really meaningful to me when people are out there getting into it and uh, leaving positive responses to me. It goes a long way. This time around, I got a chance to speak with Larry Betts, the owner and operator of Betts Method Fitness. It's a functional training gym located in Williamsburg here in Brooklyn. It's kind of hard to describe exactly what it is, but I'll tell you what it's not. It's not the kind of place that's filled with attitude. You won't find any mirrors. You won't find any loud, obnoxious music. But instead, what you find are guys who know what they're doing and will get you strong, get you fast, and get you in shape. So if you want to reach out to Larry, you can hit him up at his website, BetsMethod.com. That's B-E-T-Z-M-E-T-H-O-D.com. So when I first met you, uh, you were at Maxim uh, here in Williamsburg, and that was a few years ago. And now you have this new facility, uh, the Betts Method Personal Training. So what was the uh, the transition between those two situations like for you? Like, you know, what was – Maxim is a very conventional gym, and what we're do, you're doing right now is a totally different animal. So what was the, uh, the sort of evolution of that? When I uh, had first opened up Maxim – it was really the only way I knew to get into the fitness industry. That was the only thought we had. And back in 2004, that was pretty much the standard model was you get a gym with cardio equipment, strength training equipment, and aerobics room. But as time started to evolve and I started studying more and more about strength and conditioning, I went down to um, Institute for Human Performance down in Boca Raton, Florida. And that's run by Juan Carlos Santana. And that really opened up my eyes to different ways of training and different ways to set up a facility. And... Um, from there, I really started researching, and CrossFit became very, very popular, and that's a, a model where you do group strength and conditioning also. And it's a good model. It gets people involved. gets a lot of people moving. And it's a great option for people that can't afford to work with a trainer because now you're learning strength and conditioning in a group setting, and you don't have the cost that's associated with personal training. And then from there, I went back to school, studied exercise science, and started really, really refining how to run and how to train people. So now I took – more strength and conditioning and put it into a group setting. So now what I do with my privates, I do in these groups. And I love it. It's been great. Uh, it was a nice transition. I'm able to work with people more one-on-one. The, the big box gym is great if you just want to go in there and do it yourself. But if you're not sure what to do, here's another option. Yeah, you can get lost. You know, just most, you know, my, my background when I was growing up was, you know, going to like a Gold's gym and everything. And a lot of times you learn the wrong techniques, you know, or you listen to your buddy and he tells you how to squat this way or he tells you how to, uh, you know, do deadlifts a certain way and then you end up getting injured. So a lot, you know, the big box gyms are good if you know what you're doing, but also you can develop a lot of bad habits. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times people don't know what they're doing and they'll go to the standard. They'll do 20 minutes of cardio, yeah. pick up the dumbbells and do some curls, maybe some shoulder press. And that's about it. They really don't do anything with mobility. They don't do anything for reactive drills or explosive drills or how many sets, reps, and what you're trying to develop. You know, you're trying to develop speed, strength, strength, speed, explosive power, muscular endurance. All those have a definite, distinct set and rep scheme. Um, 
People don't know anything about tempo, time under tension. These are all variables that go into designing a program. Yeah, because uh, also you, you plateau a lot easier, too, when you just go in there for months on end, you're doing, you know, pyramid bench pressing and whatever without any variation. One of the things, like I've only done one class this summer with you, and um, the one thing I liked about it was that it takes sort of the guesswork away from you. You know, and mostly I train martial arts, and it's similar in that way because you show up to class, you do what the you know, instructor tells you to do, and you go home, and you improve. And that's and it's different almost every time. That's the similar experience when I trained with you guys at one, the one intro class over here. And, and I think that's sort of like the operative uh, method with this type of training. Um, the other thing was, um, okay. The other, um, the other thing that I noticed just in general in the fitness industry is this sort of functional training being, being like a new uh, era in, in like working out. So can we talk about that a little bit? Sure. That's a term that's really, you know, hot and thrown yeah. around a lot. Like, is it functional or not functional? Um, Martin Rooney had a great saying. I don't know if you know Martin Rooney. He, he said, when I first started lifting weights, I want to be jacked. He goes, nobody ever walked around saying, oh, gee, are you functional? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> he goes, I want a big arms and a big chest. I want to be able to move a lot of weight. Yep. There's probably a definite balance. You want to be able to stable. So, Fitness industry sometimes has tendency to take things to the absolute extreme, and they'll take things from, let's say, physical therapy and put it into a strength training program, and it, it might not necessarily be the best thing. Probably a little bit will help, but in reality, probably the most functional thing I've ever done is uh, modified strongman training. When you pick up a 50, 60, 80, 100-pound jug full of water and you carry it 100 yards, your heart rate is through the roof. And you're working just about every stabilizing muscle in your body. So to think functional training is, you know, like suspension training and standing on a BOSU ball, that might not necessarily be the best modality to get you where you want to go. Modified strongman training is probably by far one of the best. And also you feel better too. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's like one of the main things. Like, you know, just human beings are, our, our physiology hasn't changed, but our, our, intellectual capacities changed. So in today's modern society, I feel like, you know, people are sitting behind desks. They're preoccupied with a lot of like mental activities and their bodies seem to be lagging behind that. And as a result, all this anxiety and tensions and what and build, build up in people. Sure. You, you hit something. People sit behind the desk yeah. a lot. And if you're sitting at a desk 10, 12 hours a day, for you to come into my facility and then have you sit down on a machine really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. I have to teach you a lot about mobility and get you moving more. That's why the first half hour of our workout is warm-up, mobility work, and uh, either maybe an agility ladder, some plyometrics, some med ball work, yep. things that, that really get the central nervous system fired up and get you thinking again, wakes you up, and gets you moving. People sit too much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then just once again, I feel like because we're basically Neanderthals, you know, we still need that sort of like hunter gatherer engagement, you know, and I think that doing like a strongman workout like that or sparring or something, you know, along those lines helps you get rid of that sort of energy and then you can fit into society a little bit better where I feel like, you know, maybe going to like a gym and just like doing curls doesn't necessarily blow out that, that energy, you know? Yeah. 
So I think like you're really using your body and the result is looking better and feeling better. You know, it's like you're almost, you're building up that skill level, you know? Exactly. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of the modalities that we use, you know, kettlebells, sandbags, all build up a lot of, um, functional strength, multiple planes of movement. Okay. Sandbags are great for that. And like you said, it's a, it's a feeling of an accomplishment. It's like, well, last week I couldn't move this. Now I'm moving it in a more, uh, with a little bit of speed. The movement pattern is a lot better. It's a lot cleaner. I could explode this bag off the floor and press it over my head. Okay. You sit in a machine and you're just doing shoulder presses. It's good if you need it. Right. You know, you're coming back post-surgery. I, I need that. Yeah. yeah totally. You know, most likely. Um, but you're healthy. Everything's good to go. You want that feeling, man, I could pull this thing off the ground and get it over my head. So typically, um, you know, what kind of, what's, what's your clientele like here? Is there a lot of people involved in training or beginners or, you know, what, what's your typical, or is there a typical person that comes here? Not really. Um, it's been great. Uh, a lot of people that have always been intimidated by a gym. They don't like the fact that there's mirrors there. They don't like the fact that people are looking at them all the time. It's small groups, you know, four or five people in a group, you know, sometimes as big as eight. We lay out the workout that we're going to do that day and we go through it. So we have people from, you know, 24 up to, you know, 55. And a lot of people that are the weekend warriors, they're in the softball league and they want to be able to perform well right, into their right. 50s. And they yeah, want to sure. stay strong and healthy. They don't want to get hurt. You know, big thing, that's a, that's a big misconception is that, you know, working with athletes that they get crushed in the gym. And actually, they're supposed to feel better when they leave the gym. It's a little bit, a little bit more. You know, like you're, you're heavily into the martial arts. You know, if I crushed you in here and then you're getting crushed on the mat, you're going to be overtraining. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So that's a, you know, if the rest of the um, prescription on the bottle says take two, why take the whole bottle? No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, so you get a wide variety of people. Yes, in yes, yeah. wide so, variety of people. Um, I do have one kid who's on the trying out for the USA Taekwondo team. He's, oh, really? he's, like, he's like my elite athlete. Yeah. Oh, cool. And yeah. I have to be honest with you, he is probably the easiest guy to ever train. Really? <laughs> okay, anything you he's an elite athlete. Yeah, you tell him to do anything, he does it perfectly right away. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, our, our old, like you were talking earlier when I came in, our old bass player, Carson, trains yeah. here. Him and his wife. Yeah. yeah and, he's, you know. and I don't, I'm not sure what type of training Carson's ever done. I'm not even sure if he's ever stepped foot in the gym. I don't think he has, actually. Okay, and now he comes in. He's in here four or five days a week. And... um the biggest thing in the beginning is teaching people body awareness. That's what's great about the warm-up. It really gets the body aware and fires the muscles up, gets them activated. And um, so we have a real good crew. You know, we have musicians in here, you yeah. know, uh, Gavin. Bells, Gavin, Gavin Von Black. Yeah. I, I interviewed Gavin a few months ago. So it's, it's, we have that, you know, personal, you know, common acquaintance. You know, he's yeah. a trip, man. He's a great guy. Yeah. Great guy. I love him. He's a very close friend. Oh, yeah. We do a lot of things together. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, you just let sleigh bells. Uh, they they come here too. Yeah, they've been doing boxing with uh boxing. Yeah, they take a private for boxing. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, the other uh, vampire weekend. Oh wow! So you get a whole bunch of like. And uh, I was training Chris from uh, Yesair. Oh no way! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a, we had a good crew in here for yeah. a while. So the um maybe just go through because I, I you know I've been tracking you. I haven't been able to make it here just because of my other training, That's but good. but I've been looking at what you've been offering as far as programs go. Okay. So maybe just run down like what you got. You know, you have the strong man, you got some boxing classes. So right. let's, let's take it from there and sure. let us know what's going on. The primary, our, our cornerstone is the group strength and conditioning class. Right. And that we have about five of those a day throughout the day. Six, you know, from early morning to late evening. 
Uh, recently, we're about through with a eight-week speed agility quickness program that was based on to increase your starting time and increase your vertical jump. Okay, Mike ran it two days a week. We had a couple couple people coming in here. We tested them all in the beginning, and now we're getting ready to test them again, see how much they improved over eight weeks of very, very sport-specific training. So if you're, you know, you're in a softball league and you want to be able to steal a base, those first six steps are crucial. Right. Okay. And we were teaching them proper sprinting technique and proper explosive technique and how to, how to slow down. Right. Body has a built-in mechanism. You're only going to go as fast as you can stop. Right. Okay. And then uh, we have a boxing class, which is a great conditioning class. It's not more for it's not for competitive. It's more just a, a good cardio workout and move for the whole hour. Then on the weekends, we get a chance to go outside. We get out the truck tires. We get out the sleds. We get out um, the farmers' walks and carry some very large, heavy objects across a parking lot. And that's um, people always talk about cardio. And uh, getting your heart rate up, you carry 200 pounds across a yard, oh, yeah. and your heart is pounding. And listen, that's that's for us, 200 pounds. I have women coming carrying, you know, 50 pounds in each arm. You know, Erin, um, Carson's wife, she was picking up that 80 pound jug and carrying it across the yard, and she was doing great with it. So, you know, women think that they they hear the name and it's scary, um, but it's very very empowering to be able to move a large object for a distance. Well, the other, you, you, you touched on something really important here when you say women hear that name. And I think what one of this, this type of training also helps people overcome that mental barrier. Right. Because of the way, just the, the techniques that you're utilizing. I mean, when you go into it, you know, a lot of times there's your own, you're your own wet worst enemy. Yeah. You know, you get in your own way and you believe that you can't do these sorts of things. But I feel like having someone like to push you and to show you the right way and to, you know, sort of critique you along the way helps you overcome that sort of mental barrier that a lot of people have, you know? Yes, absolutely. Everyone has. I mean, that's something constantly I fight against, you know, when it comes to like whether or not you can keep pushing, keep grinding it out for another, another round or something like that. Exactly. I mean, you know, you you got a brown belt staring at you and you, you know, he's going to choke you out. (laughs) Totally. It's just, uh, I'm going to do the best I can and keep him away from me for as long as I can. Right. Exactly. And that's the same thing in strength training. You look at it and it's like, okay, Maybe I can't do it today, but I can program it for you so you can get there. Yeah. You know, that's that's the biggest thing is progressions. You know, every every exercise we have, you, I could regress it at least five ways to make it easy for my 70-year-old mom, or I can make it difficult for the kid who's training uh, for the USA Taekwondo team. So progressions and moving people at their proper level is, is crucial to any strength training program. Otherwise, you're going to get hurt. <laughs> when yeah, you're out, if you're out, you're not making any, pro- make, making any progress. So now prior to your days at Maxim, um, you know, did, what was your, your sort of background? Did you, you know, have like a, you know, sports medicine or like, you know, what was your training? Like, what was your background? Okay. Um, I started in gymnastics when I was 12 years old and competed all the way through high school. Got to college. It was not good enough for the collegiate level. I mean, once you get out of high school, it's, you know, you either do it or you don't. Right, so right. I needed something to do. So I got involved in martial arts. Really, really enjoyed it. Loved it. Loved training my body. And as I pursued that, I started looking at other avenues of like boxing, judo, ran into some old timers and they pointed me in the right direction when it came to strength training. Okay. And like all the stuff you've seen in the magazines today, kid, is based on drugs. He goes, you're not going to get that size. He goes, you don't need to do this much work. You know, I was training six days a week and I couldn't, I could not break 180 pounds. I was like that weight for, you know, a yeah. year and a half. And, you know, I should have said, Dude, 
you, you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, you're just you know, <laughs> overtraining. You know? the, the volume is way too much for what yeah. I was doing. Cut it back. Started doing some more of the old-time strongman stuff. Right. One day on, two days rest. Heavy. Sticking to the basics. Squat, bench, deadlift, and their variations. Maybe four or five exercises per workout. And over a year and a half, I went up to 220 pounds. And so I made some pretty big gains in strength training. And since then, I always had a fascination for strength, strength conditioning and nutrition. In that time, I had a background in construction. I was working in the elevator industry. Oh, okay. And an opportunity came up to open up Maxim. You know, my uh, friend of mine said he's been trying to get a gym open. And it was always my dream to open up the gym. Yeah. So I was able to pursue that, opened up Maxim, and left my day job and went back to school for exercise science. And that's where my background came. Swedish Institute offers a great program in anatomy, physiology, and um, exercise testing and personal training. Once I started with that, then I started really looking into the, the, the top people in the industry. Uh, Juan Carlos Santana, Joe Daldell, um, who else? Mike Boyle. And I would go to all these lectures and seminars and continue, you know, getting my continuing ed. And at a time, I was going to a lecture or a seminar once a month. And it was really, really helped meet a lot of great people. By talking to so many different people in the industry, it gives you a real wide scope. You're right, not looking right. at one way of doing things. Sure. Um, and by, you know, Charles Poliquin, all these top coaches have so much experience. And um, I was able to cut a lot of time off my learning curve by going to all these lectures. And it really helped develop what we put together over here. So what, what martial arts were you studying? Oh, I studied... Um, Japanese jiu-jitsu. I studied Arnis. I studied um, Aiki jiu-jitsu. Daitiryu Aiki jiu-jitsu. You know, a lot of traditional yeah, martial traditional arts. traditional stuff, right. And, um, you know, enjoyed it. But I ran into this guy. His name was Carl Sesteri. Yeah. And he uh, said, what are you doing this for? I said, well, to learn how to handle myself. He said, well, why don't you learn how to lift weights and hit things very, very hard? <laughs> <laughs> and he opened up my eyes. I went to his house, and he showed me what it was to really hit things hard basics of strength training, and I was like, wow. And then I spent the next 10 years training with that guy in, you know, what's called Defendu, hand-to-hand combat. I don't know if oh, you've ever heard are, of it. Actually, I heard that you're offering some sort of, another, like, sort of Yeah, I was looking to do, it like, a, a, a two-hour self-defense course, and it's based on, it's called Defendu. Okay. Um, Colonel Applegate and um, Fairburn, Fairburn Applegate from World War II, they had a hand-to-hand combat system, and that's what this guy, Carl Sestari, taught me. Oh, okay. And nothing, I'm not talking about, you know, going into a competition. Basically, it's a two-hour class to get you out of a jam. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right? Sure. Learn how to hit the vitals hard and just practice the basics. I've been doing it with my daughter now. It's like, hey, you know what? I think I should probably offer this as a class. So I'm probably going to throw a date out there. I was going to do it, but the hurricane and everything else hit. Oh, so yeah. it just knocked like three weeks off the calendar. And yeah. now, you know, now we're hitting Thanksgiving. Yeah, so, that's another tough spot, too. You so know? the holidays is a tough time to throw something together. So it'll probably yeah. be after the first of the year. Yeah. And I'll be, ha- you know, throw it out there. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, that, um, speaking of the hurricane, you know, I've trained, where I trained jiu-jitsu with Marcelo Garcia, um, our school's closed because of it. Oh, wow. Well, actually, it goes deeper than that. Back in, in August, uh, there was a pipe broke in the building. And his... Our studio, our, our school, is the only thing that got ruined on the floor. I mean, it was devastated. Oh, man. So then we were training at Chelsea Piers for um, maybe two months and, uh, you know, trying to find a new school. And they found a new place, but now it's getting the point to move into. 
when the, when the hurricane hit, wiped out all of his gear that he had at Chelsea Piers. So now we have another temporary spot like on 57th Street, but there's only like two classes a day right now. Okay. So it's like I've been, you know, I just came back from tour, so, you know, it's not so bad, but uh, I've just been, you know, going to just focus on Muay Thai right now. I mean, they have, they have, they have a jiu-jitsu class at my Muay Thai school, but it's only maybe eight guys. Where, where is that? Where do you train? At uh, Coban uh, Muay Thai camp. Okay. Yeah, and that's... That's a good Muay Thai school. I mean, you know, that's it's all about that. But there's a small contingency of guys who train jiu-jitsu there. But, and there's only like eight guys. But I don't think I might start rolling with those guys until a new school opens up. Hey, man, stay fresh. Yeah, totally. You know, you know I, I trained at Henzo's for like five or six years. Yeah. And uh, then I had trained in Cranford with uh, UNESCO in judo. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, you know, fun, great. I love that stuff. The takedowns. Know. Judo takedowns are brutal. Definitely. I got my share of injuries taking falls. <laughs> yeah, man, totally. I mean, I, I'm unfortunate. I only, I've only been injured like maybe once. Well, I had an elbow, well, twice actually, elbow and like a lower back injury, but it's okay. like a week, you know. That's good. Nothing major, you know. That's the good thing about rolling with guys. You know, there's different schools, like other people that I know train at different places, and the people are always getting injured, and they're, you know. Some places can be very, very competitive. Yeah, and I think that speaks more about the instructor. Like Marcelo is someone who's – just his his uh, the kind of energy he brings to the school, I think, attracts a certain type of person who's not necessarily looking to hurt anyone. They just mm-hmm. want to train really hard and learn and, and just create more of like a, a family vibe there as opposed to some other places that I've checked out before. Nice. You know, where it's more, you know, it's more, it's more knuckleheaded a little bit, you know, and it's not really, that's not really my kind of thing, <laughs> you know. You get to a certain point in your life where that's just not the most important thing anymore. Yeah, totally. You know, you got a lot more going on. You have your band. Yeah, you have, totally. You know, yeah. it, you getting hurt could really mess up your livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, so as far as like um, nutrition and all that sort of goes, do you offer any guidelines for that? Do you have any? Uh, I do. I offer. I have a basic twelve week uh, nutritional guideline that I offer. If people would like more information, I, they could work with me one on one. Nutrition seems to be really blown out of proportion. People seem to make it a lot more difficult than it really is. Right, right. Um, if you really look at what you eat, most people know a bag of Doritos is not the right choice. A handful of grapes is probably the right choice. Sure. Okay? Sure. Um, a Snickers bar again, you know, all these starchy things. If you're looking to lose or get fit, you know, McDonald's, not good. Not good, yeah. Burger totally. King, not good. Yeah. You could go to a restaurant and enjoy yourself and still have a, a pretty good meal. Well, one of the things, too, that I find is um, just speaking to people in general, like their obsession, which is, I want to lose weight. But really what I think the sort of paradigm has to change for people to just be like, all right, look, I want to have energy. I want to be able to use my nutrition to springboard me into doing other things that is going to make my overall lifestyle better. You know, and I think that's people are slowly starting to come around to that idea where it's more of like not necessarily a diet, but like a lifestyle change. Right. You know? Right. That's that you're absolutely right. You got to be able to make the right choices. Yeah. Um, simple things like um, cook once, eat twice. So make enough food uh-huh. for dinner and then maybe lunch the next day or another meal. Um, try and go shopping a little more regularly. Right. Like on a Sunday, plan your meals, you know, depending on your work schedule. Yeah. We have a lot of people in the bar and restaurant industry, so Sunday they work. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, find a day that works for you where you can go shopping and plan three or four meals and make enough 
where it lasts you. Yeah. You know, cereal is not a great breakfast. Bagels, not a great breakfast. Okay? It sounds odd, but a chicken breast is fine. A turkey burger is fine. I mean, Charles Poliquin has something called the uh, meat and nuts breakfast. And I've seen Coach Mike go on it for a while, and he got really strong and lean. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, breakfast is just the first meal of the day. So a turkey burger and a handful of nuts might not be too bad. If you could focus, if you're really trying to curve your cravings, getting like 50 grams of protein in before lunch is a huge help. Okay. It helps set your brain up that it's not hungry for carbohydrates. Protein will keep you fuller longer. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so, and you hear 50 grams, like, oh my God, 50 grams. Well, you know, eight ounces of Snapple is 38 grams of sugar. And people th don't even bat an eye about that. Exactly. Right. So, and the hormonal response in your body, when you compare eight ounces of beef to, you know, 38 grams of sugar is hugely different. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, you don't get the insulin spikes that you do with, um, sugars you do with, uh, beef, high protein meals. Yeah. And um, so it comes down to a lot of hormonal um, responses. Another thing that's really, if you're holding on, toxins are stored in the fat cells. So if you're, you know, if your body fat is like 15%, 20%, you can't get it lower, you might want to look at some of the environmental toxins like plastics in the environment, herbicides, pesticides, you know, that sort of stuff. Really? Yeah. Okay, like what do you Phthalates. mean looking at that? In the, oh, um, like do you drink water? out of a plastic water bottle? No. All right, that sort of stuff. Oh, that kind um, of thing, yeah. Okay. The Glade, Glade plugins, oh yeah, freshness, yeah, yeah. Okay. they throw out phthalates. Sure. Okay. Um, styrofoam coffee cups. Yeah. Well. It's you know it's going to elevate all these toxic levels in your body. You know, and there yeah. are tests to see how high they are. Hmm. That, I never I never even considered that <laughs> stuff. Like I was just now recently just I don't know. There's this bulletproof coffee thing, which I don't know if you've heard about. It's like, you know, sort of looking at the type of coffee that you drink. Okay. Because I love coffee and. You know, cutting down on the on the, the molds and mycotoxins in the coffee, and yeah. looking at how it's processed, like wet processing, and what altitude the beans come from. I, okay, I mean that sounds real douchey too. No, but it, no, but like, I, I get it. I mean, you know, I try yeah. and do you try and do the best you can. Right. You know? exactly. so I, if I get organic coffee with organic heavy cream, I'm happy. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. You know, again, grass fed beef, yep. great options. Meat hook. Oh, yeah, oh, that God. place is great. I love that place. Yep, absolutely. I just bought some steaks there today. I can't wait to go home. My girlfriend's going to cook them up for me. <laughs> so you're, you're a native to this neighborhood. Right? Actually, I grew up in Long Island. I moved okay. here eight years ago. Oh, okay. So I have right. seen quite a few changes. Okay. Actually, nine years now. Nine. So, yeah. yeah. And it's been it's been great. When I got here, you did not have nearly as many choices oh. as you do now. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, in definitely within the last nine, ten years, things have changed drastically, and they're still changing even more. Yeah. Yeah. So I... Coming in here, you had an interesting story about where you learned, how you learned how to squat. So yeah, this, lay, is, lay this, is, this is great, man. This is awesome. Let, let us hear it. <laughs> Back in the um, late '80s, early '90s, on Lafayette, there was a Gold's Gym, and then became a Crunch. Crunch bought the franchise, and it was a great gym. It had uh, like three squat racks, two power racks, um, hammer strength training equipment, and it was just a great place to train. Dumbbells up to 150 pounds. So if you wanted to get you know strong, this, this was a great place. And so I was in there one night squatting, and Henry Rollins walked in there and asked me if I had how many more sets I had left. And I said, well, I got one more set. So I did my last set. I don't know what it was, probably like 315, something like that. Right. He looked at me and said, hey, you want to put about 50 pounds on your squat? I said, um, yeah, I'd love to. He goes, all right, lower that bar. It's too hard on your neck. He goes, lower it on. Do a low 
bar hold, yeah. locking in on your traps. Power, power lifting style. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I never knew of it. And sure enough, started putting weight on, weight on. He goes, yep, see, there you go. I was like, well, Henry, thank you very much, man. I love your stuff. Yeah. He was a real absolute gentleman. I don't run into him there a bunch of times. At the time, I was lifting relatively heavy, so, you know, it was always something to talk about. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, he's a great writer, too. Oh, yeah. I, I interviewed Rollins uh, about two years ago. Nice. And Excellent. that was, like, a real – that was probably one of the first, like, you know, someone that was important to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I got a chance to talk to you, like, professionally, you know. So yeah. that was a very, very – I was a little nervous, you know. Or, he's the kind of guy where you just ask him a question and he just goes with it. So it was oh, that's real, awesome. real easy on my side. You that's know? cool. That's great. Yeah, I mean, well, that article I reposted, um, The Iron, Yeah. that is a great article for anybody. I, oh, yeah. g- I gave it to my kids to read. It's, you know, he did not have an easy life growing up. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, he, he made the best out of it. <laughs> He did pretty damn good, really. I mean, yeah. Think about it. No, he, he he did, and he still is. He's a very intelligent yeah. man, very well spoken, very well written. So you know, a lot of. So how do people get in touch with you? Like if they're in this, it's you know in the area and they want to like uh, you know set up a training session with you. What's the easiest way to get in touch with you? The best way is to go to the website www.betsmethod.com and hit the contact button and shoot me an email. And go through the website. We have a lot of information up there about what we are, how we break up the training session. Um, shoot me an email, and we'll set up an appointment. And you're also on Twitter and Facebook. Yep, and all I got that. the Facebook going. Look for Larry Betts on Facebook or Betts Method Personal Training on Facebook. And also, you and I are friends on Facebook, so people could find you through me too. Yep. So, okay, great. Well, Excellent. thanks a lot, Larry. Mike. All right, absolute pleasure. pleasure, man. Anytime. You got it. Mm-hmm.